Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve His purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. I have a beautiful wife, so that is the first thing on my dating profile, but I'm also a new dad. I love Arsenal football team. I enjoy candlelit dinners and long walks on the beach. But... <laughs> But I'm excited to be here with you uh, and continue our series called Real Freedom. And uh, last week, Pramod kicked us off, and I've summarized his whole message down into one line, and that is, (laughs) there was a lot more to it. Okay, okay, this is for my purposes. Please go and listen to it. It's really good. Um, But Pramod taught us, or spoke to us, wow, I've gone too far on this one already, but Pramod helped us identify what freedom is and how we get there, and that is through Jesus. And today, I want to take us from how we get there to how do we stay there? How do we stay living a life of freedom? And, you know, in Galatians 5 verse 1, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. See, God can continually set us free if he has to. He can do that every single day. But ideally, he doesn't, want to ha- he doesn't want to do that. He wants us to actually live lives of freedom. And so that might seem like a preposterous position. But consider this. In 2019 to 2020, Australian prisoners who were released in that year, 43% of them were back in prison two years later. See, they didn't know how to live free. They were released and they ended up back. Well, what about kids? Think about kids for a a moment. I think about kids every minute. (laughs) At the moment, every minute. All good. All good reasons that I'm thinking about my son. But imagine if we gave them full freedom all the time. Can you imagine what they would do with that? Would they know how to live a life of all that freedom? Like, we put boundaries in place for a reason, right? Like, imagine if you just said you can watch as much TV, as much device time as you want. You can eat whatever you want. You can go to bed whenever you want. Their life would become an absolute mess. And I've been trying to work out how to use Samuel as a preaching illustration. I said, I bragged when I first, when he was first born that I would, um, and I haven't quite yet, but for freedom, I was thinking about this. He has, I'm, I'm such a good father. I've given him all the freedom he could ever want. And that's because even if he wanted to do something, he doesn't know how to get there yet anyway. So I'm safe for now. So therefore, we can get to a place of freedom, but we need to know how to stay there. We need to know how to not return to a place of captivity And freedom is something, and that mission is something that, as a church, we're so passionate about. See, freedom is one of our values, and we want everyone to be able to live free. And so last week, Pramod was telling us that there are some things that just need to be brought into the light, and they're the big obvious things sometimes. The big things that we know that we need to stop doing, but we just can't stop doing them. Patterns of behavior that we can't change on our own. And yes, those need to be brought into the light. These are some of the moralistic things, the things that we know are holding us captive. 
But to stay there, to stay in a place of freedom, we need to continually be examining ourselves, identifying what might be holding us back. Because there are inconspicuous things that hold us back from freedom as well, without us even realizing. And see, these things are things like actions and mindsets, ways of thinking that make little impacts on our day-to-day, but hold us back from freedom. And so part of living a life of freedom is being able to identify these things and then knowing what to do with them. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. That's what we're going to be exploring this morning. And hopefully this will help bring it, make it really relevant for everybody here today. Because maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, Tim, it's okay, I don't need, I'm pretty free already. Like, I've dealt with all the big things in my life and I'm free. Well, can I encourage you that, that that's great. If you've dealt with all the big rocks in your life, that's great. But actually, living a life that is relatively free of sin doesn't automatically mean that you're living a life of freedom. And see, even in the Bible, we see a whole group of people who fit into that bill. The Pharisees. The Pharisees, they followed the letter of the law. Better than you and I. They would not sped here this morning like I did. Um, well, being too honest, but... You know, they wouldn't even go one kilometer over the speed limit. They followed every letter of the law, except then they were caught up, and Jesus pointed out time and time again that they are held captive to their legalism. See, there are so many different things that stop us from living a life of freedom that aren't necessarily wrong, but they are things that we have to deal with nonetheless because they take our attention away from God. And some examples include fear, they include pride, they include being anxious about the future, lacking trust, working so hard to try and achieve things purely in in our own strength, becoming increasingly religious in how we live out our faith. These all can be good things if managed appropriately, but if we let them go wild, they become intertwined in our lives and increasingly dictate how we live and how we feel and how we think, and they take our freedom. So as a church, as I said, it's our mission to help people get free. And so one of the ways that we do that is through our freedom groups that run, um, well, basically on a rolling basis at this point. There is a waiting list. So sign up for that when you can. Um, but one of the, th- I've done one. They're not, they're not for nobody. They're for everybody. Like I've done one. And I found so much value in doing the Freedom Course. They help you better understand yourself and how you can be free, even in the inconspicuous, less obvious things. And so we have an example of um, how that has occurred in, some, in a member of our church's life. There she is, Tia. Uh, and she's going to share her experience dealing with the things that were keeping her from being free. Freedom. So good. Hi, I'm Tia. Nice to see you all. Uh, Yes, that laundry list that Tim gave earlier. Tick, tick, tick. Uh, So for most of my life, I experienced fearfulness to varying degrees, from younger general worries about the future, to being afraid of saying the wrong thing and being rejected by my peers, to a bit more recently when I did Freedom Group, I realised, huh, I'm actually a bit afraid of disappointing God or him not following through on his promises or what would happen if I actually completely surrendered to him? Things like, is God going to make me move to another country and become a missionary? (laughs) Or, hmm, is he going to take my family away? They were, you know, back of my head 
And connected to these fears was a voice. And the voice said, you can't do it. You're not strong enough. Might as well give up now. Yeah. <laughs> so that voice, which I now recognise completely separate from my father in heaven, pursued me for years. Every time something felt a little bit hard or I was overwhelmed um, or I thought I wasn't measuring up to God's standard, no point. You're not strong enough. Give up. And as you might be able to imagine, <laughs> these fears, these images, and these distressing voices really had a grip on me. And worse, I couldn't fully fight them off with what I already had in my psychology toolkit. I was coping, but I wasn't free. So over the freedom course, I realized that this little dance was between fear and faith. And what had a hold on me was doubt. And um, I was captive in this dance. I was out of spiritual order because I was letting my mind and emotions lead me rather than the spirit and truth. I doubted who God said he was, which is now, I know, <laughs> my truly good ever-present help, my strength and my comforter. So during freedom prayer, God released me from the hold of these doubts and then that allowed me to then walk out my freedom. And I could choose to trust God and surrender to him daily. It's not a one-time thing, unfortunately. So I'm no longer hindered by these spiritual barriers in my relationship with God. Awesome. Um, and I know that I can approach him as I am because he loves me in spite of my imperfections. And he chooses to still work through me, which was another one of those fears. I'm also able to recognize the voice of the enemy now, which is so cool. And I learned that I have the God-given authority to tell him where to go. <laughs> um, I just want to read from Psalm 118, verse 5. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord, and he brought me into a spacious place. I'd like to encourage everyone here that if you feel stuck or held back in your relationship with God or just in life in general, he is inviting you to a more spacious place. God wants you free more than you want to be free. And Jesus paid the price for that, so take up his offer. Um, yeah, and maybe also consider whether Freedom Group is going to be part of your freedom journey. Thanks. Thank you, Tia. What an amazing testimony of just identifying what we need, the, what, what's holding us back, and then stepping into freedom. And I just love that, that verse that you finished with, Tia, that he takes us into a spacious place. That's, that's what he has in store for us, but we'll get there. So this morning, as we look at freedom prayer and how, uh, look at real freedom, of which freedom prayer can be a part, but as we look at real freedom, we're going to work, see what it means to live a life of freedom. And the first step in doing that is identifying what may be holding us back from that life. And then the second thing is that we'll work out what the strategy is. We'll see what the strategy is to live that life. And finally, we'll see what that life looks like. So why don't you join me as we pray? Lord, I thank you that in you we have real freedom. Lord, I thank you that you, as Tia said, came, you want us to be free more than we want to be free. Lord, I thank you that actually freedom is for your glory. Lord, that you want us to experience the goodness that you have in store for us.
And so, Lord, I pray that this morning as we look at how we can identify what's holding us back, as we come up with a strategy to deal with it and see what is in store for us, God, I pray that things will settle deep in our heart and that we'll walk away different than we were when we walked in. God, I pray that it'll be your words and not my words. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, church, before previously here at church, we've spoken about how as followers of Christ, as believers, as as people of faith, we're actually stepping into a whole other reality, and that is the spiritual reality. And in the spiritual reality, we know that we're entering a battle that has been raging for thousands of years, basically from the beginning of time. And so as we step into that and we know that now we're part of a spiritual battle, we can recognize that we're going to be subject to schemes of the enemy. Because why would we not? If we've entered a battle, why would we not become a target? And as we, as we do that, we've talked before about how sometimes the schemes of the enemy are so good that we don't even realize that he's doing anything to us at all. And when it comes to freedom, when it comes to freedom, that is so the case. Because there are so many things that are inconspicuous that are holding us back from freedom. And we're not always going to face a full frontal assault of temptations that, and trials that challenge our faith. Sometimes we're experiencing the guerrilla tactics, the covert ops, the spies, the misdirection. When it comes to freedom, we find that to be true because the enemy's goal, Satan's goal, is purely to rob us of our connection to God, to rob us of our freedom. And he is crafty in how he leads us away. So step one in living a life of faith is actually being able to identify when we're no longer living in freedom. See, it's like, it's like being in an escape room. I didn't want to just talk about prisons throughout this whole series because that would be so easy. But what about an escape room? If you don't want to know what an escape room is, it's like a 3D fully immersive puzzle and you have to try and find the key to unlock the next little bit of the key to get you out the door and lo and behold most good puzzle rooms you exit the room into another room that's also a trap and see that's sort of what our life of freedom is like our life of faith and our journey of freedom is like we go from dealing with the big obvious things first and we get out of that room and then we realize we're just in a bigger room, and now the key is harder to find, but we're still not free. And what makes this spiritual journey even harder is that the, 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 journey, the, the, the puzzle room is actually like, it's like a spiral that feeds back into itself. And what I've found my experience in life is that you might deal with the big things once, you'll get to the next stage, and you'll need to start dealing with your pride or your lack of faithfulness, or your lack of trust. And you won't deal with it perfectly well, and then you'll end up, oh, now there's another big rock that I have to deal with that's holding me back from my freedom. Now I've got another big sin that I need to deal with. See, that's what our spiritual journey can feel like sometimes, where we we move from one thing and we feel like we're making progress, but we end up, if we don't make the next step, We can end up right back where we started if we're not fully cognizant of what is happening around us. But the Word of God tells us in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5, 
that we need to examine ourselves to see whether you are in faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. To ensure we're living a life of freedom, we need to continually examine ourselves, continually check ourselves to make sure that how we are living is centered and focused on Christ. We need to continually make sure that we aren't being held captive by anything, even the inconspicuous things. So as an example, let's take a look at what this can look like in our lives. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, we read a list of different things that can hold us back from our freedom. It begins, it says, The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here we read a range of different temptations that can take us away from our freedom in Christ. Range of different sins as well. But, and and Paul says that, you know, these desires of the flesh, they're obvious. And for a lot of them, they are. I agree with Paul here. A lot of them, they are. But I think over time, the context has changed. And I think there are some in here that we may not even realize are desires of the flesh that are taking us away from our freedom in God. And the one I want to call out most particularly is that of selfish ambition. See, in our context, ambition has become something that we strive for. Ambition is something that is sought after. Ambition is something that is glorified. All you have to do is look at the, look at the way that culture talks about New York City, the city that never sleeps, the city that works so hard, the city where, if you listen to How I Met Your Mother, a New Yorker is someone who doesn't give a damn. They push people to the side. They only do what they want. We hear stories of being on that grind, of rising to the top, of working so hard. And I, I think, I've observed in our context that sometimes selfish ambition can be something that goes under the radar but can eventually sap us of our freedom. See, that word, selfish ambition, is also, it's called striving in other, in other translations. And even this week, this is, I'm, I'm somebody who is inclined to be ambitious, and I have to keep it in check. And even this week, as I was preparing my message on freedom, and my example of not striving, but actually striving for God, I found myself striving in my own strength. And of all places for the Lord to tap me on the shoulder and just say, hey, you're striving, it was when I went to the bathroom at work and I was finding myself thinking about all the office politics and making sure that everything went my way and that I would be able to reach my goals. I was worried about preparing for this as well and my family at home and I was thinking about all the things that I had to do and God was just like, hey, you know you're striving, right? And I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Of all places, Lord, you had to be at the urinal. But... That's, that's what it can be like sometimes. And we can get caught up not even realizing that we're no longer living in the freedom that God has called us out to live in. And did you know, actually, this was a problem when Paul is writing. All we have to do is rewind a few verses in Galatians chapter 5. And it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. 
and says in verse 2, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be no longer be, will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets, in, lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away for, from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await the faith, the righteous, by faith, the righteousness for which we hope. Now, maybe you're getting distracted by some of the language there, but what Paul is saying is that, hey, Galatians, people in Galatia. That may not even be correct. Anyway, but what he's saying is he's writing to these people and he's telling them, hey, you're so worried about following the law, but don't you realize that it's in Jesus that you were saved and that if, you follow, if you're trying too hard to follow the law, you now have to follow the whole law and you'll never achieve that because we've been doing that for thousands of years. He's telling them off for striving. And whilst following the law is a noble pursuit in, in, independently, Paul is telling them that you are trying to be justified by the law, which is alienating you from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Basically, you have fallen out of the freedom that Christ has given you. See, they weren't caught up in a moralistic sin, but because they were attempting to live like Christ once more, Paul tells us that they had become yoked to slavery again. And striving isn't just something that happens in a moment, but it's something that can infiltrate all the plans that we have for our life. It can infiltrate how we make decisions for the future. It, makes, it can infiltrate how we see the future. And some of the things that can happen when we become selfishly ambitious are that we, we lose our freedom because we're anxious about the outcomes. We're worried about the little things. We get caught up working too hard, becoming workaholics. We are constantly trying to please people. We become unbalanced. We stop loving one another. And before we know it, we're no longer living in a place of freedom. So we need to be cognizant of the small things in our life that become, can become big things that hold us back from our freedom. So how do we do that? Well, step two is that we need to submit ourselves to God. And I know what you're thinking. How can freedom come through submitting? Isn't submitting something that slaves do to masters? And you're exactly right. But if we read in 1 Peter 2 verse 15, it says, For it is God's will that by doing good, you should ignore, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Freedom is achieved through living as God's slaves. See, the kingdom of God is an upside-down kingdom. You may have heard that before, but the kingdom of God is an upside-down kingdom. And what do I mean by that? Well, Jesus tells us that in his kingdom, the first shall become last and the last shall become first. In God's kingdom, Jesus tells us that the meek will be blessed. In God's kingdom, we know it is easier for a poor person to enter the kingdom of God than for a rich person. And most notably of all, in God's kingdom, the Lord Jesus Christ came and died on a cross. A cross. He came and served us so that we may be free. 
See, freedom from God is no different. We experience it through living a life of submission to him. Freedom through submission. How upside down. But it reflects the reality of what freedom really is. That regardless of what your vision of freedom was up until this point, if it was being able to do whatever you liked, whenever you liked, with whoever you liked, and however you liked, well, even in that vision of freedom, there would be things that you strive for, things that you try and do, people you try to impress, things you want to buy. We've broken freedom up into so many different subcategories. Financially free, time free, people free. But even then, if you're financially free, what are you going to spend all your money on? You're going to be dictated about what you must have. Continually throughout the Bible, we see examples of freedom coming through submission. In Luke 9, verse 23, it says, Then he said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. James 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Romans 12, verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Submitting to God means denying ourselves, taking up our cross, living lives of submission to him, resisting the devil, fleeing from him. And as we do that, we allow our minds to be transformed. We allow our minds to be renewed and we humble, humble ourselves to God. So that means that we identify the areas in, the, in our life that are stopping us from being free. We repent from them, we turn from them, and we allow ourselves to be transformed. We align our thoughts and actions with God. And that takes us from, if we take our example of striving, from being anxious about the outcomes to trusting that God has it all worked out in his good and perfect will. Instead of worrying about where everything is going to come from, we remind ourselves, we forcibly, we actively remind ourselves that God will provide more than we could hope or imagine. That he'll provide for every need that we have. Instead of working so hard to impress people, we solely focus on working hard to serve our God. And everything will flow out of that. So what does this real freedom look like? Well, let's read from Psalm 119, verse 41, and it says, sorry, verse 43, and it says, Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings, and I will put and I will not be put to shame, for I delight in your commands, because I love them. See, the psalmist here is living a life that is fully submitted to God. It says that they speak boldly of God's statutes to kings. He obeys his laws. He seeks to please God. So to summarize it all up, he's seeking first the kingdom of God. He's living as a living sacrifice. And then in verse 45, it says I, he, that they are walking in freedom. Living sacrifice, walking in freedom. 
See, in other versions of this word, freedom is translated to be liberty and wide open space. And we see all throughout the Psalms, just as Tia read and just in many other Psalms, in Psalm 18, it says, He brought me out into a spacious place. See, all throughout the Psalms, we see the psalmist in a spacious place. And a spacious place is a place of freedom. A spacious place is free of worry, free of anxiety, free of threats from all around. That's what a life of submission to God looks like. A spacious place, a peaceful place. Instead of worry, anxiousness and concern or a lack of trust, in a spacious place we sit in peace, knowing that God has it under control. Instead of performing for others, we perform for God. Instead of being anxious, we bring our, all our anxieties to God in prayer. Instead of worrying about where things will come from, we trust that God will provide all we need. And as we do this, we enter His peace. We enter His rest and we live in freedom. This morning, I want to give us an opportunity to accept Jesus into our life which is the first step into freedom. That's how we get there. That's how we get to this life that we are going to live. It's the first step in submitting to Him as well. So we're going to pray a prayer together. And if that's you, if that's you, if you want to commit your life to God, if you want to experience His freedom, then I want you to believe it in your heart. And after the service, we'll have a team up the front who is ready to pray with you. And there's a small gift for you as well. But we just love, we just want you to make this decision because it's the most important decision that you'll ever make. So why don't you join me as we pray. Heavenly Father, I choose your freedom today. I want to follow your way. So help me to see what is holding me back. Help me as I submit it to you. I know I'm not perfect and I need you. I ask you to come into my life, commit my life to you. I believe you are who you say you are. I choose you today. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.